Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We made it. We made it. We are one day and maybe a third into 2022. Praise God, aren't we stoked to be gathered together? I think a lot of people wondered if we would make it, if we'd just have all the funerals that we'd have, and finally the pastor closed the door and the church would be done and gone, and you wouldn't have to mess with it anymore, but I'm here to tell you, we made it, and God is good, and we are blessed. And at the dawn of a new year and the closing of an old one, we get to think a little bit about where we've been and where we're going. Not quite two days into the year, not, not quite. But we get to think about the goodness of God and the reality that something bigger has gone on and will go on in our lives, in the life of our congregation, in the life of our city, our region, our state, our country, our world. God is doing something big. And I wonder if in the moments that I'm going to preach this morning, brief though they may be, if you would think a little bit about the blessings that God has laid into your lap. What are those things for which you are grateful that you experienced in the last 367 days that have made a difference and an impact on your life as we reflect and press on in faith and with a sense of hope and purpose in these earliest days of the new year? And we frame that all with the text from Ephesians chapter 1, which Leah read for us this morning. They get us thinking on this Epiphany Sunday about God's presence with His people, that God loves us and He is with us. This, this text gets us thinking about what's real and what's fake, about what God is all about and what God is doing. So we take those first steps in our hearts and minds, we take them through the eyes of Six churches in Asia Minor that were just starting out. Fledgling little churches that didn't have everything figured out, didn't have process and procedure in place, uh, didn't know who was going to turn on the furnace on a cold January morning. They were churches just trying to figure it out, who Jesus was and what following Jesus was all about. So the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sets the foundation for those congregations as he does for us this morning. The bottom line, the place he starts is this, that they along with us stand in good favor with the Lord and they along with us are in. They are in. And if you read through that text and you circle the ins, you'll notice there's a lot of them, 13 plus. And if you stretch the language a little bit, there's almost 20. You're in Christ. You are redeemed. You are called and chosen and predestined and forgiven and redeemed. You are in. You are in. You are in. You are on the inside with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's interesting to think about that. At a time of relative isolation and nervousness about being in community and with people and all of those things, a time of wondering if we were going to be alone and, and a time of feeling like we're on the outside looking in rather the inside looking out. Sometimes that feeling of being an outsider is painful. 
And all of us reckon those feelings at times. It, it's just that sometimes they become overwhelming. That we look in and we look about and we say, I got no one, I got nothing, I'm on my own. For me, I struggle with that as a pastor to a degree. I grew up, as did almost all of us, with the church kind of setting the culture, the church setting the calendar. I remember when people wouldn't miss on Epiphany Sunday because it was Epiphany Sunday. And you came and you hang out. And now you've got to say Epiphany Sunday, wise men star in Christ, all of that. And people go, oh yeah. The church used to set the culture. Now the church is kind of on the outside looking in at the culture. And I would offer that's a very good thing. And, the church all, and that the church always thrives when we're on the outside looking in. Instead of being insiders driving the culture. The church throughout history has always thrived being a countercultural movement. Interesting. People who represent a different value system and certainly a different value system than mine and yours, they exhibit different behaviors than mine or yours. I feel like they drive the church, that they drive the culture. And sometimes we've got to stand and say, wait a minute, what's the foundation? What's the bottom line? Who am I? Who are we? And what are we? all about the people seem to attack certainly philosophically and increasingly churches are vandalized and scandalized in their communities and I don't like that feeling sometimes there's a part of me that wants to go back to the good old days where you open the hymnal you started on page five every other week you did five and 15 and you just did your thing and if you know exactly what I'm talking about then you know exactly the feelings of being on the inside. More than likely for most of us, the feelings of being on the outside are more personal feelings. The outside looking in on relationships, wanting to be accepted and embraced and yet feeling alone, never quite making it into the center of the circle of fellowship for whatever reason. Perhaps the longing of our heart is to have someone grab us and hug us and hold us and say, you belong and you belong to me. But the nature of imperfect relationships and brokenness in humanity, the fraying of relationships and loneliness and isolation just kind of are a drag on the heart and the soul of so many who long to be on the inside with someone, anyone, to be on the inside of community rather than on the outside looking in. And it's to that isolated, lonely peace that Paul, writing under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, was led to write these words. Words that remind us of what is, that culture comes and goes, that society evolves and changes, that feelings come and go, but God's love for you never wavers. God's love for you never wanes. It never runs cold. At the baseline of your life, who you are is defined by God. You are in Christ. God has chosen you. You are in the inside with the Father through the work of His Son. Paul speaks of that in so many ways here. He says, you have been redeemed. So Paul leads his hearers and all of us back this morning. He reminds us that anything that would isolate us from God, God has removed in Jesus. All of those things, all of that sin, all of that isolation, put on a man alone on a cross. 
And by that death, he has redeemed our souls and our lives for him. By his death on the cross, he's brought us close to himself. And the sign and the seal of the closeness of God is the sacrifice of his son who walked with us, who ate and drank, who went to the temple and participated in his faith, who rose from the dead for each and every one of us. The past reminds us of his closeness to us and it's that closeness that fits us for the future and leads us as his children giving us a hope that never fails, a a love that never gives up, and never leaves us as outsiders. For in the forgiveness of our sins and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we are close to God, and He is close to us. Paul also reminds us how we come to the inside. Once Jesus has died for us, the, the big sweeping story of our salvation is then personalized Paul writes, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are connected to God once for all time. He says he chose us, and then he says we believe, we connect, we grow, we share, we confess. Our lives reflect the connection that we have to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And then the seal of the guarantee, the baptismal talk, guaranteeing the salvation, the closeness, the connection we have to God and to one another. We belong by faith. We believe. We live out our faith. You belong. That's kind of hard to, (laughs) it's kind of hard to get your brain around that. All of us have experiences where we've been left out, and yet the unreasonable, the perfect love of God draws us close You've been chosen, you are on the team, you belong to God through faith in Jesus. And that's the sermon, the shortest one of the year. How about that? Not so much. One more step. This week is Epiphany Sundays. If you're a traditional person and you live out kind of a traditional idea and people say, well, when are you going to take out the Christmas tree? Now, every good Lutheran knows you don't take out the Christmas tree until after Epiphany. That's when things go down because the light of the world, Jesus, and all of those things, it doesn't matter how dangerous or dry or whatever your tree is, there are people that won't take their tree down until after Epiphany Sunday because that's what you do. So our tree came down, sitting in the backyard ready to go out. The lights will come down, the manger scene, all of those things are kind of neatly stacked. And this afternoon before kickoff at the game at 5.30, they will all be put up and put away. Perhaps for you too. This will be the last day before you get after work and commitment and all the things you got to do, getting back to real work and real life in 2022. And so you'll put the Christmas things away in bins You'll wrap the little antique ornaments, the little pieces of family, the little pieces of Christmas. You'll carefully put them away, remembering from whom they came and maybe to whom they will go in the years ahead. Knowing that next year, come the first Sunday of Advent, the week after Thanksgiving, you'll pull those family artifacts out. You'll unwrap them and remember the blessings that God has given to you 
and where those beautiful things have come from. And so I encourage you as you do that exercise, as things go back into the garage and find their way to where they belong for the other seasons of the year, I encourage you to take a moment to think about how you frame the past and what you will remember from 2021 and the many good things and the challenges that you experienced. You see, we are tied into a way of seeing the world when we are in Christ that leads us hopefully into a new year. Now, that's a mouthful. We are a people of great hope. And when we look back, that hope is confirmed through what God has given us and done for us day in and day out. So as you hold the artifacts in your hands and you roll them up, whether you're of whatever descent, look back and remember the good things, the insider things. Look at and reread the cards that you received, the greetings from family and friends and loved ones. You have been loved. Hold those treasures in your hands and be reminded that you are connected to the story of redemption and the closeness of God. And be reminded that you belong, always have, always will. And secondly, look forward. There's only 363 days left of 2022. One of my favorite scriptures that kind of frames how I think about the future is, is Proverbs 69. In their hearts, humans plan their course but the Lord establishes their steps. You have your plans, you have your days, and you are in Christ. Day by day, lift your eyes and see a bigger and grander picture of the future. You are in Christ. Every day, every moment, you are not alone, you are not abandoned. Rather, the promise of God is made real. Look hopefully, into those 363 days. For the Lord who is faithful in the past is faithful to you in this moment and will be faithful to you going forward. You are chosen, you are called. By God's good pleasure, Paul writes, you are an insider with Him and in the community of believers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.